Hello and good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to this week's new episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Boomstick XL. And ladies and gentlemen, we have a freaking killer show that is led by a very good friend of this community, a very good friend of the show who is here with us today as a guest. Skullsy TV dropped a monster video the other day so good folks that i watched it twice and of course he's going to be talking about how he has put one and one together to make two and that means uh you know based on his video that there could very well be a starfield mmo coming in the future now that doesn't mean day and date release this uh, this year at 11 11 22 when starfield launches its single player campaign but he did have a lot of evidence, and he has a lot of theories. And again, folks, don't get all in your feels. It is complete speculation. But the evidence that he put forth really made me think that this would be a big move and probably a move that we can expect simply because we saw what happened with Fallout 76. It did not launch well, but my God... People are enjoying that game, and Starfield is a new IP, and we do, again, we're going to get into that. We're also going to get into why I think and why I've been banging this drum. Microsoft needs their own kart racer. I, I know that for a lot of people that, you know, you could care less about the Mario Karts of the world and the Crash Team Racing and even the Sonic Racing, which I've been playing all weekend with my nephew. But I just think for Microsoft's uh, Xbox Game Pass portfolio, it is missing some things. Uh, it's missing the family-friendly platforms. It's missing the fighting genre, which they own, uh, Killer Instinct's IP, and we're still waiting on who's doing that. Is it Bandai Namco? Is it uh, NetherRealm? Well, we don't know. Um, but the other thing they're missing and could very well be huge for them is a kart racer. I mean, they have the IPs, they have the developers, and they have the characters in an abundance to really deliver something special. We're going to get into that. We're also going to break down, my God, May for Xbox Game Pass. It It's just ridiculous. But let's get into the introductions first. Skullsy TV, you're, you're reprising your role. You've been on this show. I think this is your third time. Welcome back, brother. I see the, the the beard is growing. I think the next time we see you, it's going to be very long. It could be. It, it grows super fast. Uh, <laughs> I was originally going to hold out on shaving it until The Elder Scrolls Six came out, but I didn't want to look like Father Time. <laughs> but, but I appreciate being on here again. You guys are awesome. Uh, it should be an exciting show. Always down to talk some Xbox and, of course, some Starfield. Yeah, dude. Well, it's great to have you, and we definitely appreciate uh, you know you dropping your uh, your your knowledge here today because obviously you are uh, someone that I consider a trusted source, uh, and I have used some of the, your videos in a lot of the shows that I've done before, and a lot of the stuff you've talked about has come to fruition. So you have a very good track record, and again, it's great to have you a part of the show. 
but welcoming back someone that is not only a podcaster, not only a community member extraordinaire, not only is he growing his own beard, but he's a freaking game developer. That's right, Zemi Games. What's going on, brother? How the hell are you? Yeah, you know, just speaking of beards, I, you know, I'm growing mine too. Just want to let everyone know. No, I'm joking. Um, no, man, I'm doing fantastic. I've uh, been staying uh, pretty busy trying to uh, find time to play games. Uh, here recently, I've jumped back into uh, Fallout 4. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, I've been Excellent. playing the crap out of that. Let me tell you, it's a, it's a lot of fun, uh, which I've, I've played it, I mean, for a ridiculous amount of time, even before jumping back into it. But yeah, so I've been having a lot of fun with that. And, uh, and yeah, I've just been, uh, <clears throat> you know, continuing to work, all that different stuff. Uh, but thank you so much, man, for uh, throwing out the invite and letting me hop on the show today. Uh, yeah, dude. Well, we were talking Starfield, so it was it, it was it was like you know the left shoe goes on the left foot. So you had you had to be here, uh, Mav. What's going on, brother? Welcome back to the program. You have been busy as H. Uh, how are you? Pretty good, man. I'm uh, glad I was able to be here today. Got Skolzy here. We know we're gonna get lots of awesome God Howard talk and. And BGS, uh, and don't don't you feel don't, don't you feel bad for Pong? I mean, the I one do, the one I guy do. that you wanted here today, so he can appreciate Skullsy being here, and we're having a whole monster, uh, you know, uh, topic on on Starfield with some yeah. new news potentially. Uh, I hope he's listening, Pong. We miss your brother. Yeah, hundred percent, Pong. Uh, I'm gonna a- ask all the questions that uh, you would have. Okay. <laughs> So you're going to speak for uh, Pong is going to speak through you, basically. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love it. Uh, Josh, what's going on, brother? Uh, you are you you uh, you know like everyone else on this panel have an expertise when it comes to kart racing games. So your opinion is going to be extremely uh, uh, looked upon. Um, how are you, man? You know, I could not be better. I was running a little bit late because I spent a little extra time at the gym this morning. And Excellent. I was like, That's always I, can't, good. I can't get this last set in. I got to go. <laughs> and so, <laughs> uh, so here we are. I'm excited to talk about all the topics today. As always, love being here. Appreciate all you guys so much. So thank you. Yeah, well, listen, dude, it's it's uh, we definitely appreciate you being here. And last and no way least, someone that has mi- missed last week because of personal, uh, you know, family stuff, which obviously family first. That's this, that's that, that's the grounds this podcast was uh, built on. It's great to have him back. What's going on, VJ? How the heck are you? I'm good, boom. Uh, thanks for having me back on the show, and I'm looking forward to uh, today's uh, topics. Yeah, so uh, back over to you, boom. Well, listen, let, let, let's jump right into it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, what am I talking about? Let, let, let's talk Xbox Game Pass for a hot second. Um, and the reason why we're going to talk about Xbox Game Pass is uh, May's uh, stacked lineup has been announced. And it uh, it is just unbelievable. Uh, and I'm going to give you the, the dates and, of course, the titles. And some of them are pretty big bombs in there. Uh, Loot River. Starts us off on May 3rd. Citizen Sleeper is coming May 5th. Trek to Yomi, which obviously is up for preload. And that game looks like it's going to be one of those titles that are talked about at the end of the year for potential indie game of the year. We also have the uh, Euden Chronicles Rising. Now, that's a JRPG from what I understand. And that is May 5th. Uh, I'm sorry, May 10th. Um, Headspace Shipbreaker, that's going to a uh, Game Pass PC. That's May 24th. Sniper Elite 5, 
The sequel to the long-running series comes to console and PC from May 26th. And rounding out the incredible lineup is Pac-Man Museum Plus. That's coming May 27th. And again, that's just the start of it because we're already getting, thanks to Pong, uh, and who, who posted something from Idle Sloth, a good friend of this program who's probably listening right now. It has been confirmed that Match Point Tennis Championships is uh, is coming to Xbox Game Pass in July, specifically July 7th. That is day and date. And uh, if you didn't know, Seven Days to Die just launched on Xbox Game Pass this morning. I loaded it up. I started playing it. Uh, it's a survival horror t- type of game. It's it's a survival game. It's like with a zombie apocalypse, um, and you got to do resources and things of that nature. It lo- looks really cool. Like I said, I, I literally just started it before the show. Uh, so that's in Xbox Game Pass. And uh, this is the service, Skullzy, that just does not quit. Uh, and what's interesting and what seems to be the real talking point here is... Uh, If you look at what Xbox has done in 2022 regarding its first party, it's been very light. And there's a reason for it. It's going to be very heavy at the end of the year, very similar to 2021. But somehow or another, they won MPD for the first quarter of the year. The Xbox is the best-selling console as well as the most money made. And uh, that's, you know, when you factor in Xbox Game Pass, uh, and and what they continue to do, they're, they're doing it smart. They are dropping single and double A games in in an abundance, giving people a lot of things to play while we wait to the end of the year for Redfall and Forza Motorsport and, of course, uh, Starfield. And, you know, obviously, uh, you know, in September, we're getting um, Deathloop. Uh, and and we again, I still think that and Boxenberger, who's not here today because of he had a uh, work, a uh, work, uh, uh, situation, we we still think Wolfenstein is coming. Uh, the Wolfenstein three. When you see this lineup for May, uh, what what I mean, what are your thoughts on this? My, my, they they just continue to give to the fan. Yeah, uh, Game Pass actually is a big surprise to me. I've I've tried the uh, the Origin subscription before. I've tried a lot of those, and Game Pass just has the most value by far. And you know I. It sounds like I'm trying to be an Xbox fanboy when I say this, but it's true. It's it's just very true. Um, actually, one of the things that a personal story of mine that I attribute it to is when I I grew up in Chicago and uh, I knew the manager of the Blockbuster, and there was a lot of video game rental places at that time around this area. And one thing he did is he would allow people that he knew this probably wasn't legal back then, but he would let you pay like a monthly like fifty bucks, uh, and you can rent any game you want as much as you want uh basically through him through the blockbuster and i was like dude this this should be something that's like game companies do and this was back in like the the 90s so this is this is different uh times than now uh but it's almost like (laughs) i kind of got a visual into the the success metrics that literally game pass is enjoying now game Pass is you brought up a great point with indie games not only do you get access to indie games and games you might not otherwise have tried uh, which is great for any developers. It gets them attention, it gets them uh, hype, and it gets them more eyes on their products. But at the same time, you get these AAA games too. Uh, like, for instance, uh, all the Bethesda Game Studios games and other Bethesda games are going to be on there. So it's it's just such a complete palette of gaming that I haven't had as much fun uh, in a long time uh, when, since since I started getting Game Pass. It's like 
anytime I'm bored with something, Game Pass has an answer. And yep. it's it's just great. And another thing with Game Pass is I'm an achievement junkie, so I love getting those achievement points. <laughs> what what's your gamer score? Speaking of which, okay, that's an interesting situation. So my original my ever since the first Xbox 360 came out, uh, I had uh, I had a, a, a gamer tag uh, called the Stranger, and I had over a hundred thousand gamer points on that. But nice, my 360 died, uh, and when I got my Xbox One later on, I couldn't access my old my old account so oh, i'm kind of starting back up all over again now so it's, it's pretty small oh yeah it is especially for someone that loves those achievement points so it's only like ten thousand something now it's nothing to brag home about but i'm rebuilding with game pass all of those achievement points instead of nice. having to buy all the other games and so it's it for that reason it's also a great value uh it's game pass is just all around an anomaly i think because when you think of this kind of service like let's say two years ago uh People inherently in the gaming industry, in terms of the consumers, don't generally like to hear about things that seem like they're focused on uh, monetization practices or subscription factors. But somehow Game Pass is the exception to where people love it, except for those on the opposite side of the fence that aren't big Xbox fans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, you, can, you can see the immediate change it's actually having in the gaming industry because Sony now has to kind of match Game Pass at least uh in terms of a service it might not be the exact it's not the exact same thing uh but no game pass is a game changer for sure and i think we have just seen the very beginning of its influence even though it has a lot of influence now and a lot of success it's it's going to change the industry even more so than we think just in terms of digital content uh access to uh to just a wide variety of games it's 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 a great thing. I, I love Game Pass and coming up like seven days to die. I have over a thousand hours in seven days to die. So oh, yeah, it, came, time, it originally launched in 2016 on PC. Mm -hmm, yeah, I've I've played it off and on ever since the original launch. Uh so now that it's on Game Pass, I can actually play with friends who have it on Xbox or have it on Game Pass, uh, as opposed to people who only had it on Steam. So that that alone is gonna get me interested in the game that I've already played a bunch of. And now I'm gonna play it again because it's on Game Pass. <laughs> so. And you can get you can get your achievements, which is awesome. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Zemi, you're not playing seven days to die. I can guarantee it, but let's talk about Xbox <clears throat> Game Pass. Uh the May it, May's lineup has some big bangers in there. One of which is the JRPG, something that people have been clamoring for for quite some time. And Microsoft is listening uh, the, you know, and again, this is this is just what they've announced. You know, we've known that Microsoft uh, is constantly adding to Xbox Game Pass, but more so than taking out. And there's a chance that we could get a couple of big ones. But Trek to Yomi, I, to, to, I think it's Yomi or Yumi, is the is is to me is the star. I I don't know if you got a chance to see the trailer. That game looks absolutely stunning i cannot wait to get my hands it's already preloaded on my xbox which i love about when you know go to go to get go to game pass and says hey preload it you put it in there what are your thoughts on uh, the 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 lineup for may i think it looks good um i think that they uh made it uh trek to yumi way like they you know like the whole pre-install thing i think they came out with that way too soon you know because <laughs> i've been just like staring at it i also have it pre-installed and 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 i've just been staring at it like oh can i play that yet and it's like no i can't um i'm really really excited out of that i agree with you i think that uh trek to to yumi is is at least for me the one that really stands out the most and, and gets yeah. me the most excited to play it um i really like you know the the whole black and white samurai japanese uh you know kind of feeling game uh, very much reminds me of like the older like movies that came out 
a long, long time ago. Um, but I, I think Sniper Elite Five looks really, really good as well. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm excited to be able to jump into that. Um, I, I don't play a lot of the Sniper Elite games, but I, I uh, played Sniper Elite V2 uh, that came out like a few years ago. It was like a remastered, and I had a lot of fun with that. So I'm probably going to jump into uh, to you know this newest one that's coming into into Game Pass. Uh, and then the Pac-Man Museum probably uh, will dude, jump into I that as am well. Really, I'm, I'm old, folks. You got to understand. I played Pac-Man in the arcades. As a matter of fact, there's one uh, that's a part of this collection, very rare. Josh would know this because he's old like me. Is Super Pac-Man? A lot of people don't even never even played that. Like when you <laughs> when you eat the pellet, you get like the, takes up the whole screen. I, I can't wait for that collection. And then Game yeah. Pass Day and Day. That's <clears> awesome. <throat> Now, like all the other games, like I, I, I'm not really sure. I haven't actually really ever heard of them or like looked them up. I'm, I'm sure they're you know good games. Uh, but you know, for me personally, those three that I mentioned uh, are probably the ones that I am, uh, you know, most excited to jump into, download, and uh, and try out and play, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, but man, I mean, you know, just the value of uh, of Game Pass, uh, you know, doesn't uh, doesn't end, and and it's great to see that you know they're continuing to support the service, coming out with new games especially uh you know early on in the year like uh we're currently at where a lot of uh big games aren't uh you know coming out and and, and everything's a little bit more dry uh where yep. gaming is concerned so um <clears throat> yeah super excited the games look great and uh i'll i'm definitely going to be jumping into uh trek to yomi or yumi uh, as soon as that launches yeah yeah absolutely real quick before we get into what mav has to say drawn tj drops not one but two super chats the first one of ten dollars very generous uh there drawn tj thank you he says hi guys it's awesome catching you guys live everyone please hit the like button for boom yes i definitely appreciate that and we got over 200 people here please consider hitting the like button and if you're new of course you know consider subscribing to to the channel and drawn tj drops an additional five hours of chat and says where is echo mecca uh, uh, exo mecca and scorn scorn is coming in october if i'm not mistaken and i think exo mecca has been delayed until next year i'm pretty sure of that um so that that's that but thank you so much for the generosity um Mav, let's get your opinion on this, brother. Again, just Game uh, Game Pass continuing to add to the backlog that gets bigger and bigger and bigger with each month. What are your thoughts on what's coming in May? Yeah, I can't catch up, man. It's crazy. It, it's going to be a big month. You know, it's not the biggest, right? I think the uh, biggest is probably going to be later in summer, you know, later, uh, maybe early fall. You know, you're going to have some more surprises, but... Uh, you know, Sniper Elite Five is no slouch. I think it's really good for the uh, Rebellion to get their games into Game Pass because yep. they are they're a team that has been underappreciated, I believe, with some really high quality games that kind of get overlooked. They're not they're not janky. You know, they run well. They they play really well. They have a good multiplayer. Um, I played a lot of Zombie Army, which was my first. Uh, um game really to get into uh from them and that was i believe because of game pass and you know it's just easy to hop in and play with with friends and stuff so i'm i'm actually really looking to sniper elite five uh a Uden chronicles rising you know is is a big one it's kind of got that sweetening uh yes feel to it right well, it's the and... kind of game people have been clamoring for there there is yeah. a, it may not be the largest subset on the community man regarding the people who appreciate jrpgs but there is 
a subset yeah. that appreciates it, and but that's a big one. It takes games like this hitting a service and and coming out on the platform though to grow that base, right? Where you know it's been there for PlayStation, it's been there for Nintendo since like the early days, but Xbox has kind of like been hit or miss always. Yeah. And unless these things come out consistently, then it's not going to develop the base that you have on other platforms. In fact, people are just going to choose to play on the other platforms because that's where those games exist. So the more that these games keep coming out on the platform, the, the base will grow for those games on here as well. So I think it's awesome. Um, but, you know, Loot River is one that stood out in, in the indie game showcases as yep. well. I remember that last year. And I was like, wow, that cut our eye. You know, it looked really good. But, you know, honestly, the one I'm most excited about out of the, the whole list is Trek to Yomi, um, just because it it stood out the most. You know, it it looks be- beautiful. That's a stunning got, looking game, dude. It's, like, it's honestly, got it's sam- a Samurais, you yeah. know, like the whole, uh, just something about that game looks looks kind of special. So I'm really waiting for that. But yeah, it's a good month. Another good month for Game Pass. We, have we really had a bad month? Not in, really. Like, over, over a year? You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, it just kind of seems like uh, par for the course now. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't some, something else that was a surprise throughout the month as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that, I, I'm expecting a happen. couple of extra ones. I mean, d- definitely game of the year bug snacks is coming. Uh, and oh, yeah. uh, that's been that's been confirmed. So I uh, uh, truck to Yomi who bug snacks game of the year. Uh, cannot wait to play that. Uh, Josh, <laughs> let's, let's bring you in on the conversation. Um what are your thoughts on May, man? I mean, this is just, again, it's just one of those things. Look, folks, I, I don't get paid every time I say Game Pass. I wish I did. I don't. <laughs> um, but I, I, and I can't tell you to get Game Pass. I can tell you that if you are a budgeted gamer, and that's what I've become because I'm retired, right? Everyone knows that. Um, and your money, you, you know, you have to be, you know, you have to be smart. You can't just buy everything that falls out. Not, and not, not everything falls into Game Pass. Having Game Pass allows me to, play as many uh, games as I want, still be a part of the conversation and actually go out and buy the ones I want to buy. And May's another month that is just packed with bangers, bro. What do you think? I'm going to start with this. You guys have been talking about Trek, right? And I don't know if you guys saw the Sonic announcement and the way you have to buy like 18 different versions (laughs) to get the full game. And then Devolver Digital put out a graphic. I saw that, dude. It was great. It was great, yeah. It was so good. Like, so good. They just, they have no chill, and I'm here for it. I mean, I'll be honest. My gaming time has has been so slim as of recent. Like, I try to get in Halo, and I play a lot of Mario Kart right now. I'm making a big push on Twitch to go for partner, and so a lot of my focus has been growing a community around Mario Kart because I can have so many people play. That being said... I have been a subscriber of Game Pass since it launched, and I will be until it's no longer a thing, if that ever happens. So I I, I actually feel bad. I feel like I need to have conversations with my Series X, and I'm like, look, <laughs> like, I feel like I haven't been faithful, and, you know, like, like, but at the same time, I'm here for it, right? I love seeing these games come to game pass and i'm just like i know there's a lot of people that are enjoying this i know there's a lot of people that are achievement hunting or you know i had somebody in my discord lady a good you know she's she's been in a few of the shows knows mav and stuff yeah she was posting in my discord this morning talking about uh some kind of like turnip 
turnip boy commits tax fraud or something like that like yeah it's like in there now yeah. and that's and that's on there you know so like i love that there's just like that option to be like you know it's like it's like having netflix like oh hey go check out go check out this new series or whatever and and the support that it gives the devs like i work in i work for a company that that helps devs make games faster and game pass is just such a beautiful thing that like i'm i'm here to support it because i know I know it's supporting the, the the creators of these games. Yeah, no, 100%. You know, real quick, Smokey, good friend of the show, he's always here. He says something very interesting, and I think he's on to something. He says Evil Dead is in May, and I have no doubt that they're going to try to get that into Xbox game. It's a, multi, it's a multiplayer game. Why? why, why it, it literally s- says Xbox Game Pass on it. Uh, it's, a, it's a budgeted game. It's perfect. It's a double-A game. It's more, it needs a multiplayer audience. And if you can drop that into Xbox Game Pass and then have Sarah Bond drop a big bag of money off to the developer, it's an everybody, it's a win win scenario. Uh, and I think that they, they, they might be holding that to kind of, you know, uh, dr- you know, drop that right before, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know when in May it comes out, but if it's closer to June, June is supposed to be the month that Sony starts their, their service. Uh, it's been announced, um, and it's and it's rolling. It's I think it's dropping in Japan first, and then we get it a week later, and then it rolls out to other uh, other um, areas. So it would be a it would be a big push for Xbox Game Pass. Say hey, you know, just before Sony does something, boom, here you go. Here's uh, Evil Dead. So uh, yeah, good good stuff, Josh. And uh, bring bringing us around to the final point of the first topic, BJ. I mean, obviously, you play a lot of Xbox, and mm-hmm. uh, you've talked about Xbox Game Pass specifically um, multiple times. What are your thoughts on May's lineup, dude? Um, I think I think the panel's done a decent job of, uh, of covering the May lineup. So, just to sort of reiterate my take on um, Game Pass, which you know very well, Boom, um, subscription-based business models should be. From my observation, and obviously my my observation is limited, right? I, I don't I don't see all or prevail. So, and I I just feel that um, subscription based business models should be a close and symbiotic uh, relationship between content provider and, and consumer. Um, and especially I think when it comes to gamers and perhaps TV show viewers, it's it's completely different from uh, yesteryear, right? In in where you you know go and buy a system and, and publishers, um, you know, hundreds of publishers invest and in, uh, in making a game and hoping that consumers will pick and choose the content that you produce. And as you know, and what the panel knows, and even the audience in the chat know that there's no guarantees, and uh, and many many publishers have fallen into into the pit of despair, never never to be seen again. Um, and if you if you take Game Pass, if you take what is it, twenty or thirty million gamers or subscribers in terms of Game Pass subscription members, uh, all contributing potentially what fifteen dollars a month, it, it generates a considerable amount of cash flow and funds. And there doesn't there's no there's no qualms about it, right? You just do the maths for, for, for yourselves. You, you don't need me to do it. So and and the way I see the relationship, and I've talked about this before, Boom, and it may have been very early on uh, when, when I first joined joined your show and. Uh, Big mistake, boom. But anyway, we, we I think we we entrust Xbox uh, as trustees. Um, how can I put it? Executors or, or custodians, right? Um, to to use very public funding to maintain and grow the um, 
how can I put it, the, the level of quality and variety in a, in a I would say, an evolving ecosystem. And, um, and of course, uh, uh, as I like to call it, a revolving digital buffet of, of software offerings, right? So it's, it's always up to the community to keep Xbox in check. And I think the community is growing, right? I, I, I don't go onto Twitter very often, but I see, you know, many, many new people, you know, purchasing Xboxes or new to, or new to, you know, new to the community just by, you know, the date that they joined, um, joined Twitter. And, um, and as I say, I think it's up to the community to keep Xbox in check and developers on their toes. So in terms of being creative and, and reciprocal, um, and sorry, and to create, sort of create a reciprocal and beneficial relationship for everybody involved, right? We all need each other. That's why these podcasts and, and the panel members that you have on um, and um, who are also creators and so on and so forth are so important to the community. And at the end of the day, you know, um, there's lots of games coming in and out of Game Pass. And, and I agree that not every game is for everyone, but there is always something in Game Pass for everyone. And for me, it's long may it continue, as it certainly fits my budget and the, and the budget of many people around the world, especially when you consider almost 15 to 20% of the American population live below the poverty line. So, that is correct, sir. That's a great so, point. So, great so, point. Without, so without a scintilla of a doubt, Game Pass is a fantastic and, and a very welcome option, especially for me personally. And I can only really speak for myself. And uh, that's my take on it, Ben. No, no, that, I mean that's good stuff. Uh, you know, again, we're here, we're having fun, right? But you know, we have almost three hundred people here, uh, and it's great, uh, and we're having a great time. Everyone here is a content creator of some sorts. But you know what? We have to sometimes take a pause and look at reality, look at real life. And right now, it's it's tough in this country. Uh, I talk about uh, how expensive it is here living in New specifically New York. Uh, I, I don't live in Manhattan. I live in New Rochelle, New York. So I'm up, Upper Westchester. Uh, and it's expensive pretty much for everything. So when you talk about real life and you want to bring it back, bring it down to a, a human level, which we all should, right? We have to take a step back and say, well, not everyone has spendable cash. Not everyone can afford to go out and buy every collector's edition that comes out or every game that comes out because games come out every other every other week. There's a new game. And if you have if you are able to do that, I, I'm not a hater. I'm a congratulation. Good on you. But for the most part, people are living on a budget. They have to pay their school loans. They have to send their kids to school. They have to pay the rent, the cable, the con, you know, the con ed, all the important stuff and game pass. That 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 aspect of Game Pass is completely overlooked in the conversation on how it allows people of every race, creed, color, sexual orientation and religion that plays games to be a part of the conversation. And I think that is the most important aspect of Game Pass. Yeah, yeah it's great that it has first party games. It's great that it, we have so many games that my backlog, I'm six feet. It, that's, uh, my backlog is twice the size of me. And that's fun and that's great. But the reality and, and the realism of the conversation is how someone who only can afford $15 a month can still be a part of the conversation of someone that can afford to spend $1,000 on games per month. And I love that. And I think that's incredibly important. But listen, folks, Let's bring this back to fun. But before we do, Drawn TJ, who drops an additional very generous $5 super chat, says, hey, what's up, Mav? Do you guys think that we'll see Indiana Jones gameplay or contraband uh, in three to four years uh, in development? I think we're going to get a lot of surprises at E3. Um, contraband for sure. I, I, I think that they've been working on that for a bit. 
And I think we're going to get some gameplay. Indiana Jones, I don't think so. And I'm going to say why. Anyone that knows God Howard and everyone knows who God Howard is, he doesn't show until he's ready. And we've seen it with Fallout 4. We're going to see it this year with Starfield. And we're going to see with every game that that man is involved in, he shows it when he's ready and it comes out like that. Six months later, he shows it in June. It's coming out in November. So that's that's what I think is going to happen with that. But contraband, I think we're going to definitely see. But I do, Josh, my brother, Mr. Mario Kart himself, who's who's secretly on the Nintendo payroll but not getting paid because Nintendo are cheap. Um, I, I got to bring this up. And, Zemi, I'm going to go to you next on this. This is a topic. This is This is one of those, hey, there's not a lot of news. Let's make an original topic to talk about because I had some personal uh, fun this weekend with my, my, my nephew, Tyler. Uh, we played Sonic the whole weekend. And one of the two of the, two of the games we played was uh, Team Sonic Racing, not that great. It certainly was a bit of a step down for me in regards to the one I'm going to talk about next. And that was, of course, uh, Sonic uh, Racing Transformed, which was amazing. And I'm, I'm, it's an Xbox 360 game. I'm still playing it. It's just amazing. Um, but Josh, one of the things, and and I know people from Xbox listen to the show. I've been told that both on the air by Larry Herb, who was a guest a couple of years ago, and I've been told that privately by many people in the industry. And and I'm unbelievably humbled by that. I mean, we're only at 10,000 subs and to be able to say that people from Redmond are listening to the show. That's, that, that's something to really, you know, tip your hat to. So I know that they're listening or someone is listening. Uh, I have been very, very, uh, very hard on the fact that Xbox Game Pass, which we just finished talking about, is missing big elements, huge elements to its uh, to its roster. And a car, a kart racing game almost seems like it's a no brainer. And, and, and I say that with confidence, because when you look at what Microsoft has in their arsenal, This isn't a new company that doesn't have the IPs. This isn't a small development house that doesn't have the developers and the creators to do this. But more importantly than the IPs, uh, it's the characters within those IPs. They have, even without the Activision Blizzard characters, their roster is stacked. And to make a kart racer that has 12 to 15 different characters, like your Marcus Phoenix, your Master Chief, you know, a, 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 a racer, you know, a random racer from, uh, from you know, uh, uh, from Forza, you can have Doom Guy, you can have the Fallout Kid. You, I mean, it, I can go on and on with the characters. You can have Banjo-Kazooie, which, why wouldn't you? You can have Conker, why wouldn't you? Uh, if you want to take a really deep cut, you know, you can turn around and bring in Cameo, which is a fantastic rare game that no one even remembers. Um, and more so than the characters, Josh, one of the things that makes the Mario Kart series iconic isn't Mario or Luigi or Bowser or or, or Toad. The characters are always going to be the characters. What makes those games iconic are the courses. And this is where Microsoft could really let their hair down. Could you imagine racing on a halo ring, 
racing on the uh, lava pits of, 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 of gears, you know, uh, a Forza track, one of the more, more popular ones, racing on the Hot Wheels track in Forza as a kart racer. I can go on and on. Josh, is this something that Microsoft needs to do? Well, I mean, from a business perspective, Mario Kart has sold like 43 million copies on the Switch alone. It's almost a 50% install rate on Right. And and and, eight, and almost 9 million on the Wii U. So if again, let's let's just kind of just go to the back for a second there, uh Josh. Over 50 million copies between two consoles, two different generations. And right now, folks, if you didn't know, because I'm glad you brought that up, because I dropped, I had, I, I have the notes in front of me. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is the number one selling Switch game right now. Only second to that is Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a massive. Now, granted, there's brand. There's brand behind it, right? Of I mean, course there is. Mario yeah. Kart is 30 years old this year. That's that's another factor. Came out in 92. And and so that there's there's a lot there. Now, I'm going to have to I'm going to I'm going to backtrack a little bit on what you were saying, uh boom, because you, you, we mentioned the Activision and the, the Activision acquisition and Yeah. Crash is the closest racing game to give like to the closest kart racer to ever really give Mario Kart a run for its money, in my opinion. Yeah. Right. And so they, they have, they have a base there. That is, that is a, that is a fantastic base. Now, once you, and, and I was, I was at the gym today and I was thinking about this topic and I was thinking about, I was thinking about, you know how we see master chief in Fortnite and the little, like I would love yeah. to see them get a little bit creative, like me too, like, man. <laughs> where it looks like all of the characters are driving power wheels, more or less, you know, like, and they're way too big for them. I think it could be fun. As you were talking about Doom Guy and some of the courses, you know, if you if you if you play Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, there's uh there's like a Bowser's Castle level where there's this giant like rock on fire, like lava Bowser. That's punching the course as you go by. And now let's keep it kid friendly, but like a kid friendly demon or something in a doom course that's like smack in the track or whatever the case may be. I was also thinking about like some of the weapons, you know, could you imagine driving by somebody and hitting them with a sticky nade or uh, or tossing out the nades from Gears of War? Right. There's 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 a lot of like maybe the energy sword, you know, we probably avoid chainsaws, but you never know. Maybe we could hit a tire or something. But boom, you really got me thinking when you were talking about the different courses, like how fun would it be if Halo was just a giant loop that we had to race all the way, all the way around the ring? And, and it I, was it's... and it was anti-grav like Mario Kart 8 has just just really take it. Yeah, like take the time they need. Look, if you know, once Activision is all said and done, take the base of 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 crash racing, crash team racing and. And and throw all those IPs. I mean, y- you know, you you mentioned like Fallout and all that. Like I'm I'm thinking like Skyrim. They could grab different like w- essentially weapons or like a Wolfenstein level. Yeah, and then the different I the mean... different move sets that could come from each. You know, you could use some kind of magic from just depending on how they want to use it. Like like really make it more of an Xbox cart versus like 
there's you know there's Mario Kart, but it's not necessarily Nintendo Kart. We've started to see it bleed over, but really make the 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 Smash Bros of Mario Kart for the Xbox that just brings in 100%. the the whole team. And I and I think too, I mean, think the 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 things are changing, but Xbox also doesn't have the 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 single IP that like has that 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 buying power that Mario does right like right. they're 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 lacking that and so i think bringing all of that together into a kart racer that's going to like that's going to be appealing to the older generation and the younger maybe they even work out something with epic and get like fortnite guy like get jonesy to dude a hundred percent master like, chief was in fortnite why not get the lead character the guy the kid the guy with the blonde hair that's in every uh, every every ad if you get him to be in there listen I, there, there the, the the potential for this to be something big is it it is limitless now again who who do you get, Josh? Do because we know that Microsoft doesn't force their developers to do any specific games. You know, Phil's not going walking down like Vince McMahon saying, "Hey, Mister Developer, Mrs. Developer, you're working on this game, you're out." They allow people, so it would have to be a passion project. But I think that if you put an internal memo to all the studios, say, "Hey, listen, turn ten folks, you guys make incredible games, you know, uh, playground games. This is what we're thinking." Could it work? Could you guys, you know, would be considered doing it? And you'd get a lot of people to be like, yeah, yeah, we can actually, uh, we, we would love to do that. Because, th- th- again, IP in this particular conversation is key. And like like all of the iconic Mario characters that I consider as big, potentially at sh- that to go shoulder to shoulder with Disney, Microsoft has in spades. Yeah, and I'm seeing uh, Def Leppard in chat saying the same thing that you know you could have a cart style mode in mo- mode in Forza and and I, I I to steal your words, boom! I think you're onto something there because <laughs> what if what if the test what if the test for this was DLC instead <sighs> of going full full you know, dude? I don't care how we get it. Uh, I, yeah. I, I'm going to say something. I I have I have another theory, Josh. But I want to bring this theory over to Skullsy TV, and then I will come back to you on this, uh, Josh. Skullsy TV, we know that gaming at its core is a business, right? And to suggest anything else would be foolhardy. Now, one of the words, it's a dirty word, but I'm going to say it. It's my show, so I can say it, is games as a service. A lot of people hate that terminology. A lot of people don't like it. They feel that it's, it's mucked up. The industry. I, I disagree because I think that it gives games life. It gives uh, titles uh, a, a chance to grow and garner an audience that that just don't want a one and done kind of experience. Well, if it was done correctly, a kart racing game, and I say games as a service. I'm not saying free to play. It could go free to play, but I'm saying games as a service. That allows for, uh, and again, this is a dirty word, folks. But you, again, I'm I'm coming at this from the business aspect. Let, let, let's, you know, we have the fun in front of us. We know what we want, but let's. How do I sell this? If I'm sitting on the 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 board, how do I sell this to Phil? How do I how do I sell this to Sarah? Well, I say, well, listen, look what Fortnite does. Fortnite does it great. 
right? You can make your money back by just, you know, your, 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 um, your quarterly $10, whatever it is, or 20 bucks by just playing the game. You can have customization options in here. You can have characters that drop in, guest characters that pop in very similar. Make a deal with Marvel. Have a Black Panther in there. Have Captain America join the, the, the thing. Why not have someone, have Optimus Prime, in there why, why why not and i think that with all of that in front of us the fun factor the ips the the the, the iconic brands the developers that, that that they have and now we were talking money can that work skullsy uh okay, you know this is actually a great question because um 10 years ago was a different uh, different era for gaming. Uh, now there are a lot more avenues uh, for mm -hmm. marketing and for getting hype for a, uh, a title. Uh, first of all, I just love the idea of a, of a Microsoft like centralized Mario Kart style game because for the longest time I, I've been saying they should do a Smash Brothers style game with with all these different characters. Like I want to have Doom Guy fighting Master Chief. You know, I, I want that would just be an awesome dynamic. Uh, so thinking of that same thing in a Mario Kart style game, I think it would not to quote Todd Howard here, but I think it would just work. And uh, to to piggyback off of what you said about the games as a service, um, that. I agree that uh, some games may not necessarily benefit from that as much. However, it's brilliant for other styles of games. It worked perfectly for Fortnite, and I think a Mario Kart-style game on Xbox would be great uh, because it's for games of service because you can consistently add new content to it. You can add more tracks, new characters, especially as more IPs are released, like uh, like let's say The Elder Scrolls 6 came out after this project was released. Then you can add some Elder Scrolls 6 characters in there. You know, you can add some Wolfenstein 3 characters in there. Uh, but in terms of how they would sell this, I think that the brilliant idea uh, would be get streamers involved. Uh, a Mario Kart style game on Xbox yes. would be perfect for live streaming. And I think that if you can get streamers involved, get their audiences watching, uh, get people wanting to get in on this early on, I think that would be the best way to market this game. And the, the potential for it is just insane because there's so many IPs that Microsoft can tap into uh, from so many different developers, so many different styles of games that, like you said, someone who's a fan of, let's say, uh, like uh, of Doom, uh, but they're not a fan of a different style of game, they would join this game for Doom primarily and then they would get hooked on it, you know, because who doesn't like a Mario Kart style game? <laughs> yeah. the, the potential for it is definitely there, especially when you bring streamers into the mix, I think that kind of gets marketing done for you. Uh, even if you pay them a little bit and if the streamer likes the game, they're going to keep playing it, which means that you get a lot more bang for your buck in terms of marketing. And yeah, I think that this could literally just work. And I'm surprised it's something we haven't seen before. I remember a couple years ago, Pete Hines um, in an interview hinted towards the potential for Bethesda characters to be in a Smash Brothers game. I don't remember the exact context of the conversation, but back then it seemed like they were entertaining something like this uh, with, with Bethesda IPs being in a game like that. So I hope that Microsoft is listening to this because I would play this type of game a lot. I would just love a Mario. I, I hate saying Mario Kart because, you know, it, it's Mario, but I don't know how else to explain the style of game, a kart racer game. Uh, basically, I, I think it would be awesome. And there's so many things you can wrap up into it too, from all the different, all the different studios. Like uh, brought up an excellent point earlier about Doom. That would be a great Bowser Castle level. Level, and then Rainbow Road would be the Halo ring. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's it would just work perfectly. Point, dude. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I like what you're putting down, and and again, I, I it's it's one of those um, IPs that don't have a place on Xbox right now, and the, and there's and it's and it's a un, a, an untracked paved road. All they have to do is drive down it. No, no pun intended. And Josh, you know, uh, Scalzi said streamer. Well, Josh happens to stream, and he would gladly uh, stream uh, uh, an Xbox kart racer of sorts. Uh, I mean, you can. It's it's the, the the possibilities, folks, for this are limitless. And Josh was on to something earlier when he said that Crash Team Racing which was in its heyday extremely popular when they remade it, sold boatloads of it because people want a kart racer. And Crash doesn't even have, I mean, I know it's a, he's, a, he's a classic IP, but his character lineup is not as stout as something like Mario, certainly not as stout as something like the Sega All-Star Racing, and it sold a boatload. Just imagine if Microsoft put the dollars to a kart racer and they just happen to own two of the best racing studios in gaming you know this isn't they have to go out and i mean i would love to i mean sumo digital is a great developer uh they would be great on this they make great they, they made the the sonic games uh but they do have playground games they do have turn 10 studios and you don't know i mean like i said i know that they don't force anyone to do games but my God, this would be something. Uh, Zemi, I got to bring you in on the conversation. You and I have banged this drum for yeah. a while. Um, anything new that you would like to add, considering the uh, amount of characters that Microsoft currently has in their roster? And again, this is not even counting what they would bring into the home of Xbox once the Activision Blizzard is done. Uh, yeah, I mean, just do it. Please, you know, <laughs> we've been talking about this forever. And, and um, you know, I, I, I agree with you, Boom. I think it needs to be done. I think that this is a time, if, uh, if nothing else, for a little bit of uh, entrepreneurship. And that is a word. That is a word. Uh, I'm not mispronouncing it. You know, I'm saying intrapreneurship. Um, you know, to, to have, you know, internal people, like, take a look at this idea, play around with it, and propose something to, to Xbox, you know? Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, it makes a lot of sense. They have a extremely high amount of IP, uh, so much IP that they don't have enough game studios to keep up with it all. Like, let's just be, you know, realistic here. I mean, just Rare, Rare's lineup alone uh, is, is probably more than, than they have studios to keep up with. Um, so having a kart racer is a way to allow, you know, fans of these uh, IP, these franchises that they currently aren't actively working on uh to be able to play these characters right which which is which is a great strength um but you know to to take it a step further um you know in marketing you know market research is really really popular right you know uh companies don't want to do things without knowing uh you know uh, if it's a whole, you know ultimately going to work or you know what's the chances of this working you know what do consumers really want and so I think that this game would also be, you know, in, in some ways, an excellent way of doing some market research. They have a lot of IP. Uh, there's a lot of people screaming, you know, make a, you know, killer instinct, make a, you know, 
uh, you know, make a band. I mean, you can have a little Jago so in a car riding around. I mean, who, yeah. who doesn't yeah. want that? I mean, come on. <laughs> but but like, think about it, because if you had this kart racer with all of these iconic IPs, you're going to have a lot of them that, you know, uh, don't currently have their own mainstream game. Correct. Uh, and you could look at which characters are players playing uh, or racing with more. And you could use that information to hopefully gain insights on which next, uh, you know, IP should you make a game for that has been, you know, dormant for the last 10 years, right? So, you know, I, I think for market research there, you know, you, you could also make the argument that, you know, there's there's great benefits with that. But, you know, just just by itself, having a kid-friendly game being able to introduce these kids to, you know, iconic franchises that they may have never seen before. You know, a seven-year-old kid, uh, you know, may uh, have you know, possibly has never played Halo, right? And, you know, maybe their kid, you know, maybe their parents don't want them to play Halo because of the, you know... Uh, the inherent violence the behind it, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. But having a Halo character in this game, you know, maybe five years after they play this game, they see Halo and they want to jump into that game, right? So, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense all the way around. Um, you know, we've talked about it uh, several, several, several times now. Um, I think turn 10, you know, I think, you know, like you said, making like a memo or going to, you know, uh, turn 10 and asking, you know, hey, would anyone be interested in this, you know, kind of idea and just growing it from there would be, uh, 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 would be, uh, you know, a great idea. Probably better than turn 10 would be playground games just because of their experience with like the arcadiness of racing, um, you know, because Forza Horizon is just more arcade than, than uh, you know, just regular Forza, which is more of like a simulation. Um, but no, I, I like the idea. I think it makes a lot of sense. I hope that they would do it. Hopefully they do um, because I'd, I'd be in, I'd jump in day one. Yeah, um, me too. An, I, another I, thing, though, too, that I wanted to bring up is the whole Activision Blizzard deal. You know, that just brings even more IP, right? Imagine a World of Warcraft, um, you know, level with, with uh, you know, WoW characters. And uh, you could potentially add in uh, iconic Call of Duty uh, characters in, into the game as, uh, as characters, as racers as well. I mean, uh, you could have a Guitar Hero level. I don't know if a guitar is going to be driving a car, but you could have it set like in that type of like atmospheric, um, you know, level with, you know, like maybe a band playing and Dude, I, like, I love notes it. and stuff. I mean, there's yeah. there's a lot of opportunity. They have a tremendous amount of IP. I would go and say that they have more IP available to them than Nintendo does. Yep, I agree. hundred percent. I, I mean, it's, you know, yeah, there's there's a there's a ton of stuff. And if they did go the live service route. I would like to see them do something similar to how it's done in, in Halo, um, you know, uh, in the sense of, you know, uh, you're not having to buy character packs or anything like that. I think that they I think that that would probably be smart is to get away from the whole character packs and not lock behind these iconic franchises behind you know a paywall mm -hmm. rather you know, have people be able to buy and purchase skins for each of these characters. Yeah. That's, uh, as, that's good. As, uh, you know, as the service model. Uh, but yeah, boom, super excited. Hopefully they do it. Um, but you know, so far no news. Yeah. You know, again, this is one of those ideas that I'm sure has been passed around. I, listen, I don't have a business degree folks. And I, I again, like I said this before, Microsoft does know, know who I am, which is bonkers. I'm going to say this because I have to every time I get a chance. I'm being followed by Sarah Bond. That's it. It's over, bro. That's it. So I'm very happy with that. 
Uh, but I, I, I would love to see this happen. Listen, I'm going to be 52 years old. And as great, as much as I love Halo and I love Doom and Fallout, and I'm looking forward to Starfield and God of War and all of these very, uh, you know, uh, auspicious adult theme games, I do still find a, a place, there's a place in my heart for a family game. I want a platformer. I want Banjo-Kazooie, uh, but I'm willing to wait on that uh, for Toys for Bob to finally get around to doing it and uh, and have someone do a kart racer. And again, if you think about the, you could add Spyro to this. You can add uh, Crash. You can add Conquer. You can add Banjo-Kazooie. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. And, and again, we understand that there's an audience. Uh, Mav, I want to bring you in on the conversation. Uh, you stream. Can I cut in real quick? Oh, this, yeah, sure. Is, Come on this in. Is yeah. just, just one other thing that I wanted yeah, to make absolutely. sure we touched on here because Xbox is very like like leading the charge when it comes to accessibility right and mario kart is one of those games that you could literally sit down with a two-year-old and as long as they're pressing the a button they don't even have to press the a button they could have the controller in their hand they will finish a race and can be a part of the race right be a and part of the so, conversation be a part and, of uh, of your gaming life yes 100 percent and I think that's also something that happens with these that that can that can very easily happen happen with these kart racers. And I think it would just be another um, uh, just just another step in the right direction for family gaming where it's like, I mean, I was I, I've talked about it on here. I was playing Halo with my boys at two or three. Right. Like they were. They, I love it. They were they were you know, they'd see a spider and they'd ask for mom for guns and grenades. We're like, yo, 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 calm down, pal. You know, like, like calm, calm I love down. it. That's awesome. So, um, but just the, the accessibility, um, part of the conversation I think is worth having when it comes to these family games as well. You know, real quick, Shannon Cross. Uh, and again, I like this idea. I don't want to be greedy, but I agree with her. She says, I would prefer a fighting game in the vein of Marvel versus Capcom. Could you imagine a hand-drawn, Xbox Marvel versus Capcom. Listen, I, that's that's a topic for another day, folks. I'm going to bring that. Shannon, thank you for that. That is pretty damn dope. Um, but Mav, listen, you stream a lot. And one of the things that we've seen specifically because Josh talked about it is a game that's streamable that you gets a lot of views, that gets a lot of looks um, is Mario Kart. Um, and a, an Xbox racer with iconic characters and even guest characters from other IPs. Could you imagine if they paid to have a Mandalorian in there? You know what I'm saying? Or a Boba Fett or someone of that nature to, to guest into this kart racing. It, I think the potential not only for popularity but to make a lot of money. And I know that people don't like talking about that. It's still an important part of the conversation. This is a business. So I, I kind of wanted to come at this from, hey, I'm an excited nerd to I know how to, I, I don't have a business degree, but I can definitely sell this to a board of people and and, and they'll, they'll, they'll like what I'm putting down. What are your thoughts on it? Does, does Xbox need its own cart racer? Yeah, I honestly, I agree. You know, I think they do. Um, now it's not just that. I think it's more than that. You know, they're trying to reach that two, three billion gamer audience, right? You're not going to do that unless you really get the kids and the family involved more. You know, yep. like it's such a um, kids are always on their iPad or on they have phones at early ages these days, and you get so mm -hmm. used to 
playing on all these devices and um you got you know you got games like roblox and fortnite and and minecraft on all of those devices as well and everything and um one thing that i think would make a lot of sense you know you have this uh let's say kart racer you could you could make it in any genre really is like if it's a simple racing thing you can make it like a planes or something like that you know you could do a lot of different fun little things and, and try and be a little different you know you don't have to be 100 percent copycat um there's so much potential within the brand, but if you come out with something that's more simple, something that's fun and engaging and for a, a large audience from, from, you know, three years old all the way up to, to 93, you know what I mean? Then you're reaching a different group of people than they're really reaching right now. Now, one thing that Xbox has done a lot is they've relied on like, well, if these other games are on our platform, we don't feel like we need to make our own, Right. And because they, let's say that they have, well, people can just go buy Crash Team Racing now on Xbox. People can go buy Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing. They've kind of felt before, like, you don't, they don't need to make that, right? But I, I strongly disagree with that from their perspective. And I, and I, I know that's kind of what their ideas of this are, because that's one of the reasons they bought Tomb Raider as an exclusive deal before to Xbox, because... You know, Uncharted was on PlayStation, so they went and got that. But they still deal. should buy the IP from Square yeah. Enix. But that that's so, a that's a horse of another color. That is for sure. They they kind of feel at they have in the past. I don't know if this is going to be the, the future Xbox or what they're doing now. But they've used making deals with publishers and and also first party content to fill the gaps of what's missing on the platform, right? And I think it's time to make sure that you have an identity of first party is is the number one thing going forward it if you really put that focus into it and say okay this is also not just going to be for the shooters and the rpgs and all this stuff but this is also for the family because you have yeah two things you have a 300 console out there at 299 they got game pass family coming out yeah right this, uh, this, so, this june i think it's launching in this uh, in, 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 in the summer i think they yeah start. right so if you have a kid going to the store with their parents and they're going to say, well, what do I want for Christmas? You know, it's going to be a switch or uh, an Xbox are going to be feasible because they're both going to be available for the series S for $300 or the switch. For it might even be right? 250 Mav. It could be. So if you have those games, like a, like a cart racer, you know, you have your simple platformers that really identify with that brand and you can guarantee they're always going to be in game pass and live on game plat game pass, but also they would be playable on phones yes and on tablets yeah right yep. and in web browsers all these other things you know so there's more to it than just than just that it's it's about inviting a, a different audience to the platform because i think what you're doing Mav, is inviting now. everyone to the party not just the 100%. hardcore not just the adults but you're getting again xbox if there's one thing that we've learned is that it's not an exclusive brand it is an inclusive brand and when you say the word inclusive that means everyone that means kids that have never played games that means kids that have been playing games like me for 40 plus years and everyone in between and a game like that look here's a perfect example Mav. this year i am incredibly honored to have bought my nephew who is my life his mm -hmm. first xbox and on the cover of that Xbox Series S was Fortnite and soccer cars. What if Microsoft didn't have to pay 
Epic Games exactly. to have these on their own box when they can just put everyone from a kart racer or a, a banjo kazooie or a conquer or a crash on that box and say, Yeah, these games are included in here, but it's our IP. They don't have to pay the licensing fee to have those games in there. That's something else to take into take into account. Yeah, uh, that's a hundred percent what I'm what I'm what I'm getting at with this boom because you know they're they're relying they rely on a third party a lot which i mean all all platform holders do but for something as pushing forward to that family brand you know to to really push forward to that family like you know because that's one of the reasons the switch and and stuff is so successful right it's a safe choice right parents that don't know anything about gaming right uh some of them when they know that they their kids asking for a game console it's like a safe choice you know you get to you get the switch right because you know it has mario on it you know it has this you know it has that if you really push forward and advertise those kinds of games at, on your platform with heavy marketing with heavy branding with and you start having those trailers come out and then it really is eye-catching you're gonna have some of that and also with the price point it just makes it just makes a lot of sense so I um I think they need to put a focus on it. I I hope they have something, but I don't think they just just go get some third party dev to make it, right? No, it would have to be in house uh, because it would have then to be you're in-house. risking you can't continue the franchise. <clears throat> that is they've, correct. They've had the problem well, with Killer Instinct and other things. Well, especially right? whenever you have such great developers that know how to make phenomenal racing games. Like, why yes. would you want to put that especially out? Especially with Activision Blizzard coming in and they have already have a history of doing these kinds of games, yeah. right? Yep. So once once this is done, they'll have the resources and tools to be able to do this. And I still, I've said this before on this show when we had a similar discussion, boom, I think they need to have a whole brand behind like a, a whole separate publishing branch, kind of like a, like a Bethesda, like the Activision Blizzard, you know, Xbox uh, family, right? Yes. And they have a, a series of these different family oriented style games that are really like E for everyone. And then market those and you have certain devs that that's what they do. And that's well, toy, what, you know, no, real not... quick. Triumph Design in the chat says toys for Bob, and yeah, what? <laughs> that's perfect. Literally perfect. Yep, yep. And Vicar- have, I would say it, I would have I would have said Vicarious Visions. Unfortunately, they just got folded into well, Blizzard. But there, there's a lot of those devs over at. Um, you could say High Moon could do it. Also, uh, High they, Moon they made the Transformers yeah. games. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of devs from the Activision teams that could do that. There's some with Bethesda as well. But if you had this whole branch of Xbox, you wouldn't have to pull from other devs that really don't want to make those kind of games, right? Like Rare's already talked about, they want to make new creations. They want to do their own thing, right? So you can't go and force no, Rare let, like let, they did. Let Rare be Rare. Let, you right. know what? They don't need Rare for this. They don't need them. Yeah, it would be a great fit, but if they don't want to do it, you don't want to force them. So there's a lot of devs that like this kind of stuff, that like making these things. They have a passion for it. So yeah. let them do it fund it have a separate branch all the games are gonna be in game pass and you can really market behind that you know i i, I think that they're missing the boat on that one no absolutely 100 percent. and you know what i saved vj for last uh after this folks we're getting into uh the big topic of the show that is of course the starfield mmo that comes the way of Skullzy tv who's guesting today uh but he also has some other information mm-hmm outside of just that that is going to be nice enough to drop that's going to be very thought provoking and we're going to get to that momentarily Skullzy. 
uh, Mav, uh, I mean, um, VJ, let's uh, let's bring you in on the conversation. Like I've said, many, many people don't know about uh, about uh, VJ is that he has seen both sides of the coin in regards to the gaming business. He's been on the retail aspect of it. He's been in the development aspect of it. And now uh, he's a part of the gaming community at large as a podcaster. So you have a well-rounded opinion, one that I entirely respect. Uh, hearing everyone's points from a marketing aspect, it seems, and again, this is just an opinion, there's a mark being missed by Microsoft, and that is the family aspect. Uh, the, Phil has talked about making more family-friendly games. It's something that I enjoy playing with my nephew. I know a lot of people here who have kids enjoy playing with their kids. Um, and this would be a big one. Uh, and because of the massive amount of IP and characters that come with that IP and development prowess that they currently have in the staple of their current 23-plus studios, they could deliver something incredibly special I even dare say that it would give Mario Kart a real run for its money. What are your thoughts on this? Are they missing the mark? I don't have any issue with um, what Phil is aspiring to um, because it's all about connectivity and um, bringing people from different walks of life together. Um, and that can be your own family um, to, a, to, a, to a varying degree. Um, but I'm, I'm going to try and give a, a, a counter a counter um, objective here from just so that we've got everything in the pot, right? Um, I, I think it's really difficult for Xbox to ever match the the phenomena that is Mario Kart or any or any of the household sort of character-based IPs that Nintendo has, especially in terms of original creation and subsequent engagement via software sales. And engagement via subscription is a different beast or, or type of measurement, especially um, in terms of transparency. I, I have no idea, this is the problem, I have no idea how the pretenders to the throne, such as uh, the game Sonic you mentioned and Crash Team Racing, and uh, Sonic Racing, sorry, and others have fared in terms of a sort of capitalizing or cashing in on, on, on the sort of, like you say, boom, lighthearted, family, colorful, and, and, uh, and friend-led you know, uh, party cart racer genre, shall we call it. Um, and because I guess the question you're really asking is that would Game Pass um, benefit from something like this in terms of um, the the audience it wants to attract longer term, the, the family aspect of it, and so on and so forth? And uh, you know, um, would it succeed right in in, micro, in Xbox's sort of digital buffet of offerings? And I guess the answer, you know, the top of 99% of people's heads is is yes, right? And it would, right? Who who who's to argue? For me, then, you know, you're kind of putting your developer and your business hat on and then you're trying to protect, you know, the IP brands and, and, and all that sort of good stuff, right? And so then suddenly for me, then when I'm thinking like that, right, so if I'm going to go in and make a proposal for such a thing, it's got to be at least in the same design and character roster-led stratosphere as Mario Kart, right? So that's my only concern and the risk that that with Xbox, we end up with a Mario Kart Lite at best, right? And... And if Rare or, or PGG, I know the studios that you guys have mentioned, um, or in fact another potent studio within Activision want to champion a, a Mario Kart-esque title, okay, great. Then at least that garners some confidence, right, that these guys know what they're doing. And I, I mentioned Rare. Um, if you go back, I think it's 25 years ago, you will know that Diddy Kong Racing was astonishing. And that is absolutely correct. That was a, a fantastic race. And it was out of the blue. It was out yeah. of the blue boom. Yeah, no one expected it, right? Um, I remember clearly because we just couldn't get our hands on enough product at the time. <laughs> Demand outstripped, uh, 
yeah, uh, the amount of product we could actually get our hands on. So, and if I'm not mistaken, I think it's Diddy Kong Racing Silver Anniversary this year. So perhaps someone wants to fact check that. So, and the other thing, boom, is one could suggest, and again, these are just suggestions, right? This is the top of my head. So, you know, none of this, this is maybe a poor take, right? One could suggest why, why not just place Crash Team Racing in Game Pass uh, when the Activision acquisition is ratified and concluded this year or next year? And perhaps there's a logic to first sort of observe what the success, uptake, appetite, and sustained engagement is like for Crash Team Racing in Game Pass before going down a road that may do your IP more harm than good. And and th there, this is a real possibility as the layman or, or light user, which which Game Pass is an Xbox are trying to attract, right, to get from 30 to 100 million users or, or whatever the whatever the number, blue sky thinking number is over Xbox. And they'll compare the quality of the two. And I feel the quality of the Nintendo offering is always going to be vastly, perceptively, uh, perceptively speaking, of course, right, superior. And then you've con to consider the spiraling connotations that, that might arise from that, right? And I, I know you guys might be feeling that, you know, VJ, you're not being entirely amiable or, or benevolent, or um, and that's correct, right? Because it's a, it's a ploy on my part. Why? Because it's always about setting down a tough, pragmatic marker and a challenge to anyone, any any would-be studio within Xbox, or even externally, right, and that studio's leaders, and for that consortium or, or set of stakeholders, right, to realize the gravity of the responsibility if you're going to embark on an all-star Xbox-led uh, party cart racer. And so if you're going to do it, bring a feasible, exciting sort of sort of an irrefutable and compelling concept to the table if you really want to play and jiggle with uh, Phil's crown jewels. Um, I'm kind of sensing there's a few panel Pause, members. But go ahead. I'm, I'm sensing there's a few panel members that are shifting uneasily in their seats, so I apologize. But I, I just I just don't want to see a party cart racer that might only be given the Battletoads treatment, for example, right? Or the 343 Studios, you know, sort of take on Halo, right? Which which I thought was a really good game, by the way. So, and I also feel, and this, this may be really have to be done with class and precision. And it yeah. would have to be done with developers that want to bring... Yeah a special kind of racer that Xbox has never had. And I yep. think that would be in the documentation when they put it out company-wide. Hey, we have an idea. We want to gauge if anyone wants to be a part of this new IP that we're looking to build. Yeah. I, I also feel Xbox, and this is inwardly looking right, has bigger fish and new genres and or ground to break with a relatively sort of untapped technological, technological sort of advancements of these next-gen consoles, especially when it comes to Rare and PGG, which are, for me, the main candidates that I can see. And, and again, you know, my, my, my observations are limited, right? Uh, knowledge is limited, you know, and that's just, just, just a fact, right? And, and the potential incredible endeavors that they, that they are already working on. But as I say, I wouldn't say no to to it. But we've seen it's not just the developers boom. I think it's primarily down to the producers, right, who are going to champion this on behalf of the uh, developers to Xbox. And we've seen a couple of hits and misses. And if they can get this right with the right team behind it, then um, I think as uh, Zemi was saying, right, uh, it, it, it could be very big for Game Pass. No, th there's no doubt about it. And I think Game Pass would be at the center of the conversation. But listen, folks. Thank you so much for hanging out with us for an hour and 15. We're going to get into it now. Uh, and I got to bring uh, Skullsy in. But before I bring you in, Skullsy, I got to thank three people. Cody P dropped a very generous $5 super chat and says, I want to mention 
the uh, turn 10 statement playground who makes forza horizon is making fable 4 i think that proves that statement 100 and i think you're absolutely right with that drawn tj drops an additional and very generous 10 dollars super chat and says uh, when are we getting vigilante 8 from activision we can add a car combat mode uh in uh, forza realistic I, I don't want realistic i i want cartoony uh and i think that if they try to make it realistic it'd be a disaster uh, but I like the vigil. I I, re- I quite enjoyed Vigilante Eight. But my favorite OG uh, fight, you know, car fighter, if you will, was uh, Twisted Metal Black. Uh, that is by far one of my favorites in the series. Alexander Dark, a ninety-one, drops a very generous five-dollar super chat and says, "Hi guys, love the content. Hey Scolzi, any chance for chance that the Planet of the Apes game is at Bethesda is real? Well, we're we're, we're going to get into some stuff right now in Scolzi. First of all, again, thanks so much for being here. Your video the other day was so good. I watched it twice. Uh, you put down a lot of really big pieces of information on why you think uh, that a Starfield MMO is in the cards. Now, we, you didn't give a specific year. You didn't say it's launching day and date with Starfield. You didn't suggest that it's coming out in 2023. This is something that is is hypothetical, but you did bring up a lot of points, especially in who they've hired recently and what team would be tasked to do it. So by all means, the stage is yours. Why don't you talk about why you came up with this video and how you put all of the ones together to make it? Oh, uh, yeah, of course. So uh, today was actually interesting. Prior to the show, I had uh, one of my anonymous sources reach out and give me some more information, which I could touch on here soon. Uh, that kind of is enveloped into this whole Starfield MMO theory. Uh, but yeah, for a while now, I've been thinking a Starfield MMO was entirely possible for many reasons. I mean, first of all, if we just look at actual concrete patterns with Bethesda, you got, let's say, ZeniMax Online Studios, who make the Elder Scrolls Online equivalent uh, to the Elder Scrolls franchise. And then we have Bethesda Game Studios Austin, who make the Fallout Online equivalent to the Fallout franchise. So it seems like Bethesda Game Studios' main IPs or only IPs so far, which is the Elder Scrolls and Fallout seem to have an online equivalent. So with that in mind, it would be it would almost make no sense for Starfield to not follow suit, especially with Starfield being set in space. It has the whole faction wars. Uh, we have yep. some lore that 20 years before the start of Starfield's single-player campaign in the universe uh, is something called the Colony Wars. And that sounds like the perfect backdrop, I would think, for a Starfield MMO in terms of setting, because that kind of goes along the same lines as the Elder Scrolls Online, which takes place before a lot of the single-player games and has faction wars. So it seems like the stage is set for a Starfield MMO to definitely take place. And on top of that, there has been uh, numerous pieces of evidence, even though it's speculative, uh, over the last few years that support this as well. Everything from a ZeniMax Online Studio concept artist uh, actually making space art for an unannounced project. Uh, There's pictures of that. I believe there's four concept arts out there uh, that have a very spacey vibe to them. And on top of that, we have another ZeniMax Online Studio job listing saying that their new unannounced game is specifically going to have NPC and player-controlled vehicles. Now, when you think of what kind of game would have NPC and player-controlled vehicles, I mean, theoretically, the options are pretty large. Uh, I mean, you could have a GTA clone or a superhero clone in a city. But really, if you take a look at 
the current Bethesda products, it would make the most sense for it to be a Starfield MMO. And on top of that, there are Bethesda Game Studios uh, in Maryland specifically, developers who on their LinkedIn profiles are saying that there is yet another unannounced project in the works right now uh, that is, that, that's yet to be announced. Uh, and we already know Starfield is announced. We already know the Elder Scrolls 6 was announced back at the same time uh, in 2018, I believe. So there is still another project out there that we have no knowledge as to what it could be. Uh, now, this morning, I did get some information from a source. Uh, they seem to believe, uh, based on stuff that they've seen, that it might be a Mandalorian game at ZeniMax Online Studios. However, I have a theory about that. Based on information that's given to some of these sources, they might just be guessing that it's Mandalorian because there were some leaks, supposed leaks, over the last couple of years saying yep. the same thing. But let me paint this picture. Even if ZeniMax Online Studios is indeed doing a Mandalorian game, I still think that Bethesda Game Studios is in the very early process of a Starfield MMO, especially in terms of Bethesda Game Studios Austin, and especially in terms of uh, the fact that it's confirmed all the different Bethesda studios actually work together on major projects. Uh, for yeah. instance, BGS Montreal is finishing up testing and polishing phases for Starfield right now. Uh, so that much is also confirmed. And I think it's just a perfect way for Bethesda to gain interest on the Starfield hype again, because let's let's say four years from now, five years from now, after Starfield DLC has come out and the attention and hype uh, for the game is starting to dwindle just a little bit, you can drop the Starfield MMO, and that would get people more interested in the universe again, get more players in the universe, and that could be something that can sustain the franchise until Starfield 2 comes out, because we yep. all know The Elder Scrolls 6 is coming after Starfield. Fallout 5 is on the table somewhere, uh, so I would think that Fallout 5 would be after the Elder Scrolls 6, which would give us a big chunk of time that Starfield would just kind of be existing. Uh, given the Bethesda Game Studios modding community, they tend to keep games alive for longer than usual. Bethesda's blessed with this. But I still believe a Starfield MMO is not only in the works, but I think it's definitely going to be something we see. Uh, not anytime soon. This is probably like five plus years. We might get teases about it leading up until it's actually uh, announced. But no, I still believe... Despite the Mandalorian rumors, I think that even if the Mandalorian rumors are true, a Starfield MMO could still exist. And that's another perfect point is um, if Cinemax Online Studios was doing their own space game that wasn't tied to an already successful IP, then theoretically it would be competing directly with Starfield. That wouldn't happen. Bethesda would right. want that to. Would, I, think, I think that wouldn't be a good thing for Starfield to go up against Star Wars. Yes, yes. So... That's why I still am leaning towards this being a Starfield MMO. Now, I will say this. Uh, in the information I got this morning, I can't go into too many details because it, it would burn some of my, some of my sources and ask me not to be too specific. But I will say that you should expect more licensed projects, meaning more games based on license, uh, like comic book licenses specifically, actually, um, from the different Bethesda developers. Uh, that's going to happen. Um, Roundhouse Studios is working on something pretty exciting that might surprise a lot of people uh, that <laughs> is based on a franchise that is already going to get a lot of hype just because of what it is. Like I said, I can't say that, but that kind of ties into the comment, uh, the donation you got earlier about Indiana Jones, um, or I'm sorry, about the Planet of the Apes. Uh, I don't, I can't confirm Planet of the Apes is going on, but I would believe it given the information I got this morning. And the further that, Indiana Jones is a little bit farther along than people think. Uh, yeah, Todd Howard attached to any project means we won't really see the game until it's necessarily ready. But I have right. the feeling we might start getting some more teases next year for Indiana Jones, uh, based on what I was told this morning. Bethesda is actually, they have a lot of projects going on. Uh, so much so that Xbox has actually taken 
uh, some of their assets and given it to Bethesda to help with their workload right now. Not that that's a bad thing. Bethesda isn't in the weeds, uh, but they are they're They're doing some very ambitious things um, with many different projects, even with the franchises we already know. The Elder Scrolls Six seems to have some pretty ambitious things uh, wrapped up into its core gameplay mechanics based on what I what I heard this morning. And again, I want to reemphasize that. Uh, still take all this with a grain of salt and as a rumor, um, especially the information I got today, it collaborates with other things, other insiders and other people I've heard. However, I can't 100% verify all the information, but it does seem to line up with, with other rumors and stuff. So I think we're at a golden age of Bethesda, the very early stages of a golden age of Bethesda, and there's going to be a lot of surprises going on. And the Starfield MMO would just be perfect because uh, if you look at games like Elite Dangerous, you look at games like Star Citizen, those games are actually getting a lot more attention and a bigger player base than some people may have anticipated. And at the same time, without getting negative, uh, both of those games seem to have a little bit of negativity in terms of just the, the community not happy with the current development phase in terms of um, Elite Dangerous' Odyssey DLC seemed to have bugged a lot of the bugged the, the game out a lot. It's not available yeah. on consoles. And then Star Citizen with its 35,000-year Kickstarter campaign. So <laughs> I think people would welcome a Starfield MMO. But again, this is a separate project. This would be a separate project from a single-player game just as much as The Elder Scrolls Online was a separate project made by a separate developer uh, than the single player ones. Yeah, I, I mean, I like what you're putting down, and I think the, the the I mean, outside of the MMO that we that you know that we build the show as being the big topic, it's what you said afterwards that has me very uh, very perplexed uh, with excitement, and that's uh, the comment, Scolzi, of um, we're all going to be very surprised of all the other projects. Uh, I, it, it appears, based on what you're saying, that uh, Bethesda might become the insomniac of Microsoft, the way insomniac has really held uh, Sony uh, above water, so to speak, as their other games, you know, come out. You know, obviously, we've seen insomniac in this generation alone release Miles Morales. We saw them release uh, Ratchet and Clank. We know that they're working on a Resistance reboot. We know that Wolverine is coming. We know that Spider-Man 2 is coming. So to hear that Bethesda, uh, uh, run by Pete Hines and, of course, God Howard, is uh, you know really putting the pedal to the metal when it comes to uh, what we already know and what we don't, It's very. it seems like it's a very exciting time if you're a Bethesda fan. Oh, definitely. And, yeah, I, I can't emphasize this enough. I think a lot of people are going to be surprised uh, by some of the titles that are going to be released and what they are tied to. Uh, and even to go further, they're, they're, they're going back, and I've heard In Exile is actually working on remastering or uh, redoing some of the earlier uh, Elder Scrolls and Fallout games. And on top of that, Quake is also getting a reboot. I was told that uh, it was in talks this morning, but now I can confirm it's actually in development. There, there is a Quake reboot. I shouldn't say confirm, but I heard it's further along than I was told by a few people. So Quake is also getting a reboot. Yeah, we talked about that last week, Skullsy. As a matter of fact, I have a strong suspicion that at the announced digital Quake event that's coming, I believe, next month, uh, we could see that uh, release there. That that would be something. No, oh, for sure. And it also, I think it was last year or the year before where they did the uh, 
the the light quake remaster where, yes. they, where they kind of redid the hd and stuff i think that was a litmus test to try to see what the overall engagement rate would be for the quake franchise now because it's an older franchise and it's also a franchise that changed uh it became more of a multiplayer arena focused shooter uh as opposed to the first couple of games which were like doom style shooters right. uh, so i think they're going to take it back to the single player but at the same time like doom does now doom actually has a pretty solid multiplayer component to it on top of the the super awesome single player campaign so here we are again just talking about all the different capabilities and ips that not only bethesda has but now xbox has it's it's and that's a great point you brought up about insomnia uh, insomniac games i think bethesda might be along those same lines uh based on what I've heard in terms of the Mando game, uh, some comic book franchises in there. I wish I could go into more details, but I'm sworn to secrecy. In, no, <laughs> no, no, no. That. Listen, that's, that's more than enough for me. I mean, because I've been banging the drum and Zemi, you and I talked about this on the Xbox factor for years. I've said for, for Microsoft needs their own comic book exclusive. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, I know there are going to be people like boo exclusives or boo, uh, comic book things, but if uh, Spider-Man 2018 and uh, and uh, and Miles Morales or anything to go by, uh, they sell. They sell very well. Uh, both of those have seen well over 20 million copies sold, and because they don't have to sell the game, Skullzy, it's in Xbox Game Pass. They will get a lot more of uh, eyes and hands on the game because of its accessibility. Exactly, and another point is um, some people. Uh, like for instance, people that aren't as impressed with Fallout 76 seem to have like a doomsday scenario with Bethesda. Uh, they don't know what to think about Starfield. They're like, oh, I'll wait until it comes out after a few months and then play it. I think Game Pass, especially for Starfield and these other IPs that people might not be so certain about if they're kind of on the fence, Game Pass is a great way for them to test that out, for them to not have to spend $60 or, you know, something like that. On, 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 on a new IP that's untested. Yeah, I, I, mm. a thousand, thousand percent. And it goes goes right back to Game Pass. Zemi Games, I got to go to you next. You are one of the biggest Bethesda fans. Uh, we know that once you hit it big, that could be any day now, you're going to get a treasure <laughs> chest. And you're going to fill it with those Oblivion coins. Septums, yeah. yeah there you go. And you're just going to have a nice your war chest for everyone to look at yeah. how does a starfield mmo you know, sound to you it does it sound like the evolution and again this is speculation town where it's sunny and 70 right and a uh, starfield isn't even out yet but it does seem like it's a logical next step you know, it's going to be a single player romp. We're all going to put 100, 200, 300. You're probably going to put 500 hours into Starfield. I guarantee it. But there is a community that loves multiplayer. And why not bring uh, that kind of uh, multiplayer to something as potentially as popular as Starfield is going to be? What are your thoughts on that, dude? Yeah, first off, just to just to talk on those septums, man, if I hit it really, really big, like Elon Musk big, I think I'd buy a cave and I'd fill that sucker with those septums. And I'd would you be like, diving in them like like Scrooge McDuck? Either that or or I would become like the smog, I think is like the dragon's name from Lord of the Rings. Yes. Smog, I would become yes. the smog of, uh, of Elder Scrolls. Yeah, it would be phenomenal. Uh, fantastic. Um, look, I I think that 
Bethesda, you know, or or a Bethesda studio will probably eventually make a Starfield uh, MMO or an online Starfield game, right? They've done it with Elder Scrolls. They've done it with Fallout. Um, you know, as Skullzy uh, mentioned, I, I think it's probably just going to be a matter of time. Are they actively currently working on it? I have no idea. One thing that kind of makes me say maybe not uh, is just the fact that Starfield you know, looks like a phenomenal game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to play the game for probably a lot of hours. Um, but it's not tested amongst, you know, uh, you know the, the wide customer base, right? Um, it could, you know, potentially come out and, and not do very, very well for Bethesda. You know, that's always an option. I don't think it's going to happen, but it could happen. Um, and, and so the, the thing that makes me hesitant about them green lighting another Starfield game is that this is a brand new franchise. No one's, uh, you know, like from, you know, you, me, anyone on this podcast, probably most of the people watching this podcast, uh, probably everyone watching this podcast, uh, has not played Starfield. Right. So I just kind of find it hard to, to think that they would green light this project without the first game, uh, of a new franchise, not even being out yet or tested amongst players. Right. So, so that's the one thing that just kind of makes me hesitant to believe that they are actively working on a Starfield MMO. Um, you know, with that being said, um, if they are working on it, I think it would be phenomenal um, if, you know, they they made it almost like the like uh, the star citizen for consoles, if that makes any sense. Um, and I know that star citizen gets a lot of bad press for, you know, multiple things that they've done and some of their practices and just how long uh, they've been in development uh, for now. But I really, really have just kind of always thought that that game looked phenomenal. And I would love to have, uh, you know, a similar experience to, to star citizen on consoles. And I think Starfield would potentially be uh, a great way of doing that especially with you know um flying spaceships and and, and oh, npcs Going to doing different it. galaxies different planets yeah. i i love it yeah yeah i i think i think it would be a lot of fun um one other thing that does kind of just get me a little bit uncertain about this is just bethesda's previous history with online games right trust me i love bethesda right um but i will also admit some of their faults and, and one of those faults is um, they've never really just released, uh, you know, a multiplayer game uh, from their core franchise, and it just come out and 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 it just and it just work right. It be like the perfect experience that everyone wants. Whenever Elder Scrolls Online came out, uh, the game had a lot of flaws, and uh, of course they continually updated it, and the game is a lot better now. Um, I still love to to play it. Um, and then, of course, there's Fallout 76, which uh, didn't happen too long ago. And we all remember that that game had uh, a lot of troubles, um, you know, on its launch as well. So that's one thing that also kind of makes me hesitant about uh, a Starfield uh, MMO or a Starfield online game is just Bethesda's past experience with uh, creating multiplayer games for their core, you know, franchise. But um, hopefully the third time's the charm. Um but you know, overall, man, I you know I think I'm going to really enjoy Starfield if they come out with a multiplayer game. I'm probably not going to play it as much as I'm going to be playing, uh, you know, their their single player game, um, just because you know that's just my preference. Like I I prefer you know amazing single player content, and to me, what Bethesda does with their Fallout series, um, the Elder Scrolls, um, it, it just it just hits me in the right spot as far as you know what I want out of a single player game. Um, and so I think Starfield's going to do the same thing. Um, their their multiplayer just hasn't really done that. A, a big reason why 
I'm so uh, into Elder Scrolls online is just because it's Elder Scrolls, right? Yeah, if it was yeah, any yeah. other franchise, I could probably care a whole lot less. Um, so I don't know. Um, you know, it, it's all speculation, rumors, uh, you know, but uh, I, I think that there is really good, you know, reason to think that Bethesda will eventually do an online game for Starfield. I mean, Xbox uh, is, you know, their their bread and butter has always been kind of online experiences. So it just kind of yeah. makes sense. Um, but I don't know if it's being made right now as we speak. Yeah, I mean, again, you, you, you have every right to feel hesitant about it. But again, it's it's I think the evolution of the of the franchise of the new IP just screams multiplayer. Josh, let's get your opinion on this, brother. An Elder Scrolls MMO, that's a thing, right? Fallout 76 MMO, that's a thing. Um, Starfield, it's an untested, it's a new IP. We don't know how it's going to come off. I mean, we know that it is considered to be um, Todd Howard's uh, baby, if you will. Uh, he He's put, uh, you know, this is a game that's been in development for 10 years, maybe more than that. We've heard so. Is the is the evolution of an IP that hasn't even come out yet MMO? Does that does that does that happen? My head goes directly to Destiny, and I think MMO light. That's okay. kind of where that's kind of where my head goes a little bit, only because of Phil's love for <laughs> for Destiny. And so you're wondering... saying like it wouldn't be in a, it, it would like they would have raids and things of that nature, but the keeping it keeping it an open open world type of game, but smaller with maybe three or four players, potentially. But I wouldn't say limited to that either, right? Like. Like maybe maybe there's the opportunity for it to take everything that Destiny does really well and then evolve that, you know, so that that it it could be more. You could have you could have you know a twenty man raid or you know twenty person raid, whatever the case may be, and 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 really evolve on that. Space leaves so much opportunity, right? Yeah. And factions leave so much opportunity. And personally i would love to see it be something that maybe we haven't experienced before that's maybe maybe like tr like just treading new waters and and going about it in a way that like like it breathes a breath of fresh air into the whole mmo you know genre and yeah. and something that like really sets a standard maybe maybe for for all we know maybe starfield was a was a major major factor because of what is going to be that microsoft was like we need this this needs to be like th this this might be their next ma like major major uh release i mean i know everybody's excited i know everybody you know taught you know todd howard all the uncle todd all that stuff but but like maybe there's so much more to it than just the brand maybe the gameplay and the mechanics of this and the and the way it's all going to uh fall into place was a was a major factor here and and i do hope that's the case like i would love i would love to see something similar to like mass effect but on a much larger scale and with with yeah. a team of friends versus oh, dude, just npcs awesome. you know something and i think i think the, the 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 pedigree and the talent is there for that that kind of thing to happen so whether it's MMO or MMO light, I, I think we live in a time now where if it just comes out and it's fully single player, I, I don't, you know, 
it i mean it'll be fun we'll we'll enjoy it but the longevity of knowing that like there's a continual content drip of new raids new strikes that kind of stuff is very helpful especially with a service like game pass where you know you're going to get that for free just by being a part uh, a part of game pass yeah uh 100% a real quick uh uh nine lives i was laughing i should i should have muted myself he says starfield will cause more buzz than the will will smith slap <laughs> heard around the world that's that's very funny uh mav let's let's bring you in on the conversation but before i do brother let me thank a couple of people with some super chats that have come in uh we had drawn tj drops a very generous and additional wow dude an additional ten dollar super chat and says is elder scroll six going to be online or have or have an online mode God, uh, I hope not. I hope not either. I would imagine it's going to be probably not. It's probably going to be single player, right? It'll be single player. Yeah, the Elder Scrolls Online is is there for people that want the multiplayer aspect. The only thing I might see that's anything near multiplayer would just be social elements. Like for those of who have played Doom Eternal, where you have the challenges where it's like kill ten demons in a week or whatever. We might might have something like that, but I highly doubt it. I think it's going to be fully single player. Uh, and that's it. I don't think Bethesda, especially because Bethesda already knows that they've gotten a little bit of flack for the Fallout 76 directly after they said that they're focusing on single-player games back yeah. to save-player one thing. So they're going to make enough of a, a separation from the single-player and the multiplayer. I don't think we need to worry about Tez 6 or even Starfield launching this November uh, having any multiplayer baked into the game. At most, it would just be social stuff, and that's it. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Drawn TJ drops an additional and very generous $5. Super chat says Starfield MMO might get assistance by Blizzard and made by Bethesda. Yeah, I mean, well, listen, why not? You you have them in the house. Why not, uh, you know, bring everyone to the table? But, Mav, let's bring you in on the conversation for you. Uh, obviously, you know, you're, you're, you like Pong or, or about multiplayer. You play multiplayer quite a bit. Uh, does an MMO for Starfield ring the bell for you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Also, I think it makes a lot of sense. It kind of just fits with the mold of what Bethesda's been doing. And if Starfield is the next Bethesda Game Studios tentpole franchise that goes along with Elder Scrolls and Fallout, what do both of those games have now? Is they have MMOs, right? They have these online games. They have Fallout 76. They have um, Elder Scrolls Online. So when they announced Starfield, um, I, it was kind of like an inevitable thing that eventually, the, if as long as Starfield's successful, that they would do a Starfield uh, MMO as well. And I don't foresee any reason why Starfield's not going to be successful at all. Um, then you add on top of that, when they had the big Bethesda a show, when they were talking about welcoming all the teams, and they kind of did a breakdown with all the teams in an interview, uh, Zenimax Online at the time said that they had a huge thing in development bigger than any AAA games. Matter on right. They said AAA. Yeah. Yes. They're bigger than anything they've worked on before. Right. And then that they also said they were working on a second project as well. So there, I believe there is two projects going on there. I believe one of them is the Starfield MMO. That just makes sense because that Starfield has been in development as a key a part of what Bethesda has been doing for years now. So they probably already started getting the groundwork going for that. But also, this other game is very interesting. I remember there was like job listings that had something to do with like Unreal Engine or something like that as well. Um, as Colsey may know something about that, but that could potentially be to that second project. Um, I don't know if the 
Starfield MMO would be in Unreal. Um, I don't know which one that would go for, but as far as the MMO, I think I think it's I think it's happening, man. I think he's right. I think the the yep. his source is correct. I mean, I just don't see any reason to discount that if we add into the fact of what we've already been told from Zenimax Online Studios publicly about you know they have this huge thing in the works, right? So, um, but I'm man, Skullsy's got me like thinking what like this roundhouse thing threw me for a loop okay the, I, I can't i can't stop thinking about roundhouse now man it's gonna um, surprise a lot of people that's yeah. about all i can say they'll be excited yeah fair to say it's some ip that probably a lot of people love right and oh yeah, and stuff yeah. like that so yeah dude that, that's what something gets xbox going. hasn't had before uh i think that's going to be the the i mean yeah. the ip itself is going to be the talking point but i love when we get new experiences that the box currently doesn't have that other boxes have um and you know when you talk about the superhero genre if that's what it turns out to be well sony has that in spades and no one does it better than them to be quite frank so it would be great if that in fact is the case yeah i I do have a question for skulls regarding the unreal engine listings would that probably pertain to that second title potentially Maybe the Star Wars one, if you thought it was, if if the potential was a Star Wars game out there or something like that. Yeah, I believe so. I, I've heard Unreal Five. There's definitely been job listings for it uh, within ZeniMax Online Studios. Um, you know, I've heard. I don't really want to say it. Uh, there's a, there's some speculation about what this other title could be. I've heard Lord of the Rings. I've heard Steampunk. So I think mm-hmm. that there is a whole nother fairly large ip uh within zenimax online studios which is crazy to think about because if they're working on on either the mando or the starfield mmo and then they have something else clearly there's a driving factor that that's pushing them to want to at least have the the pre-development process for another Mm -hmm. game go on at the same time as the full swing development for something else uh i think that unreal 5 is in the works right now at zenimax online studios just based on the job listings because they wouldn't want to hire people like that like the job listing said specifically with a lot of experience in that engine if it wasn't going to utilize it uh somehow (laughs) oh sorry my cat is sneezing she's got a she's got a cold are you okay (laughs) do this she's allergic to leaks (laughs) <laughs> yeah, she doesn't like this. <laughs> but no, I, I feel that the Unreal 5 is legit. Uh, as, as as far as to what it's on, you know, it's hard to say because ZeniMax Online Studio does have their own engine for ESO. Yeah. Uh, but Unreal 5 is a great engine. Uh, there's so, And it's early on in Unreal 5's lifetime, so that engine is going to evolve. It's going to get a lot more cool stuff. Uh, and it's a lot more accessible than other Unreal engines have been. I mean, the coding is still one of the hardest coding languages out there that Unreal uses. Uh, but it, it, it's a great engine, and if ZeniMax Online Studios uses it for something, I'd be hyped for it for sure. Yeah, yeah. right on, man. Uh, VJ, let's get your opinion, but before we do, we got to thank Black Sausage, who drops a very generous $2 super chat, and he says, Skullsy is the best skooma overload. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. And uh, Jerome TJ, dude, your generosity is uh, certainly precedes you, brother. Thank you so much. He drops an additional $10 Super Chat and says Elder Scrolls Online 2 with a question mark because the first one is outdated in graphics. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 probably hit its stride. Uh, I would imagine that at some point there is going to be a number two 
in front of the next Elder Scrolls, but I just don't know when that happens. Uh, After Elder Scrolls Six, probably I would think. Yeah, more than likely. Yeah, Yeah. and and the next Fallout, I I don't think is going to be Bethesda, folks. I I I think they're going to hand the reins over to Obsidian and let them make Fallout New Vegas too. But that is just Hmm. my personal opinion on it because I really like it's my favorite Fallout of all time, Um, and I'd love to see them bring it back. But VJ. Uh, listen, you've heard everyone, and of course, we love your 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 uh, you know uh, bombastic hmm. takes, especially from your you know history within the the industry. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, again, hmm. we we don't know what Starfield is. We we have we've seen some you know some dev docs. We've seen you know the opening, the CG. We know what the one of the first uh, companions in the robot is going to be. But what we do you see an MMO in the cards? Um, I think that from the outset, when Bethesda conceived Starfield or perhaps any other project that they do, I think MMO would have been given serious consideration. If And if you haven't realized it, um, and I'm just construing some of the information from the panel, it seems to be that thus far it's in their design ethos, right? Not an entirely a, a, a shocking revelation. So thinking perhaps Starfield started life out as a potential MMO or in fact the MMO portion, you know, during development became a key facet besides the assumed single player game releasing later this year is, is a is fallacy for, for me. And and if and the reason why I say that is if you can get the concept and execution right, MMOs can be huge, especially in terms of uh, financial rewarding especially for an independent developer publisher. And that's exactly what Bethesda was back in 2015, 16, or whenever the work on source Starfield began in earnest. And, and Todd and co would have been acutely aware, aware of what works and what doesn't, given sort of previous endeavors, uh, releases and, and feedback and so on and so forth, which I'm sure the panel's far more well-versed than, than I am in, in the history of, uh, of Bethesda and uh, their ups and downs. Um, Bethesda, for me, know what they specialize in and what they're creative and proficient at, and therefore know how to build a um, how can I put it? A long-term or protracted IP that uh, that spans a generation, and perhaps even two. You know, when it comes to Starfield, and consequently, they should know, <clears throat> given their experience boom, how to preserve. Um, um, how can I put it? Support, advance, or spin off, and and continue the lifespan of a potentially billion dollar and and a very key IP, right? And for them, it would have been a billion dollar IP at least, right? For Microsoft, it's a, it's a $7 billion acquisition. So, and you only have to look at games like, um, what is it, World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy XIV. Sorry, I, I'm not that into MMOs. So they're the only two that I know. And if, if in fact, they are MMOs, so you'd have to correct me. Those are one. big ones, especially uh, Final yeah. Fantasy XIV literally is printing money for uh, for Square. That literally and, and is not, printing actual well, money and, for them. And, and there you go, Boom. You've answered your own question to a degree. And And at the end of the day, right, um, these games, as you say, boom, either, either they did or they still do continually produce the sort of guaranteed cash flow and revenues that allow and provide for stability and growth. Again, Bethesda was an independent studio at the time, right? And and that in turn grants and empowers studios to embark on new creative endeavors and in turns uh, sort of in turn sort of allows for for certain chosen projects to be cultivated, right? Depending on on what what the studio uh, is passionate about, and what they think they conceivably you know will be will be really popular when it releases in five or six years time. So, so we should take into consideration that also that modern day big budget games or movies are a gamble. I you know they come with no guarantees of being received well uh, or even being a success, right? And Indiana Jones, uh, a seemingly you know sort of fairly large project or and, and budget probably in, in tow, uh, announced by Bethesda is a case in point. I'm 
I'm personally, and I'm being totally honest, I'm intrigued and apprehensive, both in equal measure at the same time until I see more. So for <laughs> some of this, so some of this should make you consider <clears throat> sorry, make you consider if there is a possibility of factual truth behind the thought or, or, or proposal uh, that Skull Z has produced in this video, which let's be you know uh, clear here, has he's put in, in a lot of time and energy, right? He's poured into it. And therefore, you know, the possibility of Starfield MMO in the works, right? Simply the simply, you know. Honestly speaking, I don't know, but possibilities uh, for every studio, including Bethesda, who have more than most, um, are all on the table to varying degrees. And and you only have to listen to uh, what Skull Z said, right? I, you can sort of vaguely construe what he's saying, in or or in fact trying to sort of mercurially portray that that tangent tangent development of existing IPs or, or ongoing development of certain new IPs and consumer product licensing uh, going forward is a, is a big focus for Bethesda, especially in order to sort of sort of for any company, it's the best way to sort of um, sort of um, have a big focus on that, and and especially if you want to try to sort of weave yourself into the fabric of modern day pop culture, which is a very competitive landscape. So making a game and just marketing it as a game is is not where it's all at at the moment, and and there's a far more benefits to have if you look at Sony and Nintendo and seeing like the huge intrinsic and intrinsic sort of synergistic uh, uh, benefits, right? Besides it, a game, just making games and the expansion of those divisions and the revenues uh, from consumer product licensing, product licensing that they're able to generate. So I, I don't, as I say, I don't personally play MMOs, so I'm not perturbed either way. <laughs> In fact, I'm, I'm totally detached. That's uh, fine. I, I don't play them either. So I'm, I'm right there with you. But what I do know, is that the game Starfield is scheduled for release on November 11th, 2022, right? Unless it's delayed, which is totally cool. I don't have an issue with that either. And everything else is by the by, you know, what if projected, alleged, and purported scenarios, et cetera. It's the nature of game development, right? To keep all your options open, right? And and when you start to sort of couple, just the, you know the nature of game development. It's so risky. It's, it's so unpredictable. When you start to couple that with belief and theorizing, it becomes an unwieldy beast, right? And in praxis, things don't always align so according to plan conjecture or theory so i hope the truth the facts and the reality is not too far off right for us for us gamers right and therefore the most important event is the eventual reveal of starfield that hopefully helps us define what the game starfield exactly is or isn't in its imminent release form and long-term objective if bethesda care to share on that matter and besides being the sort of most important event in recent history for Bethesda. The most important thing for me as a gamer is that it's coming to Xbox and Game Pass, where I currently enjoy gaming. Yeah, again, we we, we come right back to Xbox Game Pass. But, folks, that's going to do it for the Xbox Factor podcast this on your Tuesday. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And we got to thank Skullsy once again for dropping some monster bombs live on the air. And hopefully you enjoyed it. And if you missed it, you you, you missed some of the con- uh, the context to the what he was talking about. This will be up on video on demand a mo- as soon as the, the show goes off air. So let's let's get to the out the outros and we'll get everyone out of here so you can enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. We'll start first with Skullsy. My brother, thanks again for being here. I want you to sell your brand. Tell them about Skullsy TV on YouTube and where can people reach out to you on social media to strike up a conversation. 
Yeah, for sure. As always, I love being here. You guys are awesome. Always fun to talk games. And uh, yeah, if anyone is interested in Bethesda news or some of my investigations and stuff, uh, I'm starting to talk about other things outside of Bethesda. But if you love Bethesda, <laughs> if you want to hear a lot more about this kind of stuff, you can look me up on Skullzy TV on YouTube. I believe it's www.youtube.com slash Skullzy. And then over on Twitter is where I post a lot of my theories and findings as well uh, at Skullzy TV. I love to talk with the community. I love to hear some of your theories as well. And hopefully, I will see you all on the channel or on Twitter at least. Yeah. Well, thanks again for being here, brother. Definitely appreciate it. We definitely got to get you back soon. Uh, Zemi Games, are you there, sir? I am. There you are. Uh, listen, here I am. Before we get we get you out of here, uh, I want I want everyone to uh, to potentially flock over to Steam, flock over to Xbox, and to purchase Back to School to support you, uh, folks. If you didn't know. Zemi Games, who was a panel member on Breakfast with Boom on the Xbox Factor podcast and reprised his role today, is also a game developer. That's right. Him and a buddy of his put a game out called Back to School. It is phenomenally done. It is educational. You can play with your kids. And uh, I want you to get out there and support him. It's only five bucks available right now on Steam and, of course, on Xbox Live, but I'll leave uh, Zemi to tell you the rest about it. Zemi, you did some <laughs> updates to it. Please, by all means, sell your brand. Tell them where they can reach out to you on social media, but more importantly, support Back to School. You know, I'm just going to put my hands behind my head and just let you do my whole outro for me. No, that was phenomenal. <laughs> uh, no, absolutely. Yeah, Back to, uh, back to School. Uh, you guys can purchase it on uh, Xbox or Steam. Uh, it's $4.99. And 10% of the profits are going to uh, the National Center for Learning Disabilities, which is an organization that helps uh, children, teens, and adults with learning disabilities. So it's, uh, you know, 10% is going to a really good cause. Uh, and we have a bunch of accessibility features in the game as well, such as, you know, a, a text-to-speech. So for players that you know, have issues with literacy, with reading, uh, you know, that's a that's a huge, huge, huge help to players like that. Uh, in addition, you know, we also allow the player to, uh, you know, uh, change the in-game timer, the quiz timer, uh, enabling them to turn off the timer completely if they want. So, uh, you know, if education hasn't been your thing, just because, you know, um, you know, just past experiences, you know, maybe you have difficulties reading or maybe uh, you get really, really high anxiety whenever you're taking tests, you know, have no fear. The game uh, definitely has accessibility features for that. Um, and uh, I'm still working on achievements. More news uh, will come out about that here in the uh, in the uh, next uh, coming you know weeks or month. Um, but yeah, uh, boom, it's been phenomenal show. Uh, I always love being on your on your shows, man. So thank you so much for sending out the invite. Uh, and, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, I'll be back on here soon. Absolutely, brother. And it's great to have you here. Josh 64. I think you have a fan and or a friend in the, in the chat, uh, lady AF. Thanks for being here, darling. Great to see you apart. Uh, she just did. I, I think she just did some monster hike over the weekend, uh, where she showed her award on Twitter. Congratulations on doing that. I don't know how long it was, but it looked like it was a lot of fun. Uh, she's, uh, Josh, she's a friend of yours, brother. And she wanted to know about your take on the, on the Xbox cart and she missed it. And I, I think she can check that out definitely after the show goes live because your takes were as, as predicted, amazing. Please, by all means, brother, sell your brand. Tell them where they can fight with you on Mario Kart with 500 <laughs> other people and where can people check out your incredible YouTube channel? 
Yeah, you guys, I do want to say a, a quick shout out to Lady. We've been, we met in the Destiny community like eight oh, years ago. Oh, wow. Okay, like cool. So uh, basically just through xbox you know is is how is how we connected so it's, it's awesome. very very cool to see to see her in chat and uh, she did crush it this weekend so um yeah i'm n64 josh everywhere and uh i do want i do a once a month smash bros tournament i don't know if there's any smash players in the chat or that will listen to this after the fact but you win 100 bucks if you win the tournament so that's awesome it, i suck uh, at it i'm gonna tell you right now i'm losing <laughs> right in round one i'm terrible at it my nephew is really good yeah yeah so i mean we 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 see it's high level gameplay it really is and uh this is this is something that i'm 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 working to take to the next level getting sponsors and it's a it's 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 a monthly thing and it's it's really really a good time so um you guys can sign up for that at n64josh.com slash smash you have to sign up before saturday at 3 p.m pacific and we go live at 4 p.m other than that i host the nintendo powercast and the halo infinite podcast we do a community game night every other thursday playing halo and uh uh it's a it's really it's a good time i know the game is not in the best place right now but uh you get you get we we try to basically do a uh an online land party is what we do every other thursday and it's uh it's a lot of fun so thanks for as always boom it's an honor to be here thank you guys everybody on the panel you guys are amazing yeah dude it's great to have you a part of the show once again uh we missed you and uh, you always bring it 100 and we appreciate the knowledge that you bring mav sell your brand brother tell them about the one of 500 podcasts that not only do you produce but you are a part of <laughs> and where can people subscribe to your growing youtube channel man we got to get you past 5k brother yeah man we've been hovering around like 20 2200 uh, for a little while now we get we'll get the 5k in five years, it'll no, happen. No, that's you know? too long. That's too long, bro. Let's <laughs> too long? You okay. You, 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 listen, the truth of the matter is, if you don't know who Mav is, shame on you. Uh, he puts out an incredible amount of content, but it's always great. It's always fun. It's curse-free. Uh, it's 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 facts. And uh, at the end of the day, he brings the community together. So get out there and support him. If you're not supported, hashtag Boomstick Approved. Sell your brand there, Mav. Hey, Cammy, I appreciate it. Uh, guys, check me out on Twitter, Fun Speculation. You can find all the updates for our channel and shows that we do on the channel, which you can find on YouTube, Fun Speculation, as well. Xbox Ultimate Podcast. We're going to have our 86th episode this Friday. On nice. Thursday, check out PM in the PM with my buddy Pong Soul. And I, hey, Skolzy, look out for a DM in the future, you know, because <laughs> Pong it was very upset. That he wasn't be able to be here today <laughs> for this episode. So uh, we would love in the future to hopefully have you on an episode of PM in the PM, maybe closer to Starfield's release or something like that. And uh yeah, for sure. Wednesdays is fun pop. Uh we talk about Marvel, DC, Star Wars, movies, Halo, games, the Halo, shows, Halo. Oh man, that last episode fire. was amazing, dude. Holy crap. Um, and then Mondays, now we have FSP uh so fun speculation podcasts on monday so we just do lots of fun stuff on on the channel a lot of podcasts a lot of game streams and, and everything so come check it out fun speculation thank you brother uh real quick echelon seven the light in the chat says double barrel gaming hey boom the series x is currently available at best buy let your audience know if you want and yes folks right now best buy does in fact have uh, series x consoles in stock so if you do not have one get over there and get yourself one big shout out to pragmatic eagle dude if i missed you in the chat 
Welcome to the program, brother. He's definitely been with me uh, on this on this uh, podcast uh, ride for months and months and months. So I definitely appreciate you being here. And uh, last but not least, uh, VJ, uh, I know that you're not on a lot of podcasts. I know that you really don't do social media, but you still have a presence and a thumbprint on Twitter. Tell everyone where they could potentially reach out to you and strike up a conversation. Um, first of all, I just wanted to say um, hi to Skolzy. Thank you so much for uh, being here uh, on the show. It was a it was a pleasure to meet you. And, yeah, it was um, a great time. <laughs> and, I yeah, no, no, no worries. And uh, boom, um, I, I think you said something earlier about not having a business degree, but but I wanted to say you, you certainly have a doctorate um, in decency and uh, common sense, which for, me, which for me emphatically trumps the former. So oh, uh, I appreciate that very much. Thank you. <laughs> so so thanks for having me on the show. Um, hopefully I'll be okay for next week. And I just want to say thanks, Boom, uh, panel and uh, audience in the chat. Um, yeah, it was a great show and, and some fantastic topics. Um yeah, I wasn't really sure what I was going to say, and I hope it was all right. So, ah, dude, you knocked it out of the park, as always, brother. You always deliver. So, yeah, thanks for being here, brother, and we love having you each and every week. Folks, again, thank you so much for being here. Obviously, if you're, found, if you're finding the channel for the first time, we are on the hunt to 12K. Uh, we hit 10K to open up 2022. Um, and that was big. Obviously, I've only been doing YouTube for four years, and to hit that mark in this short amount of time uh, proves that I'm doing something right. And for me personally, I would love uh, to hit 12K by the end of the year, and we're almost there. We are just about 1,400 subs away from 12K. That would really put the cherry on top of this Sunday for 2022 regarding um, podcasting and content creation and, of course, Double Barrel Gaming. So if you're new and you enjoyed the conversation, consider hitting the like, uh, the subscribe button. And, of course, before you get on out of here, Hit that like button, and I have to say a big shout-out to everyone that dropped the Super Chats. Mrs. Boomstick and I, we use those Super Chats to power the show. We do four monster giveaways per year. We just did one for Easter. We have one coming up for the 4th of July. We have one coming up in September. And the big one, the big one is going to be the biggest that we've ever done, closer to 1K giveaway for Christmas and the holiday season. Uh, and we do that through channel membership and, of course, through Super Chats. And I want to say a big thank you to everyone that continues to donate to the show. And, of course, I'm going to close out today's show with something that is important to me, folks. Hopefully, one day, it'll be important to you. That's something that my dad taught us when we were kids. And he said, son, teach other, to treat others how you want to be treated. And also, it doesn't cost anything to be nice. You live by those rules, Craig. And I can guarantee you, you're going to have an awesome day. So take care, everyone, and we'll see you next week on the newest episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. Uh-oh. Hold on. Let's... Yeah, we...